Money, a podcast network that understands the assignment. The Alive Podcast Network has launched the world's first content distribution app tailored by and for podcasters and listeners of color. Subscribers will enjoy a wide variety of shows ranging from spiritual to comedic to inspirational. Podcasters can house their content and merch in one spot and monetize from a central location. Visit AlivePodcastNetwork.com coming soon to iOS and Android. Sign up today to get a six-month subscription for $20. You can thank me later. Welcome. Thank you for joining Transformational Thinking with the Hulk. Today is going to be an awesome conversation with Tammy. We're going to talk about life after divorce, how to pick up the pieces, move on, and still accomplish your dreams and goals. It's going to be great today. Stay tuned. Welcome, Tammy. We're so happy to have you on the show today. Um, it's good to be here. We're going to help a lot of people as we talk about life after divorce. Are you ready? Yep, let's go for it. All right. I pray that our listening audience is going to be benefited and blessed by this conversation today. I know they will. So, Tammy, tell me a little bit about your background, where you're from, um, your upbringing. Um, born and raised in North Carolina. Um, raised in the church, um, a, a daddy's girl, straight out of school, straight out of high school, um, married my ex-husband and been military here and there all over the world um, for the last 18 years. Wow, that's awesome. So we were just kind of talking about, you know, life and how uh, you move through life. And really, we want to really at some point get to the point where you know things kind of fell apart and with you and your relationship um, with your ex how old were you when you um got married 22 22 years old yeah young lady huh yeah we kind of grew together we were both very young when we started out was he a childhood um, sweetheart or somebody you met later on after you graduated from high school? I met as soon as I graduated from high school. When you met him, was he in the military or just thinking about going into the military? No, I met him. He joined the military shortly after um, we met. Okay, you mind saying what branch he was in? In the Navy. Okay, but you you were never in the military yourself? No. Okay, what kind of things did you do um leading up to him going into the military were you a stay-at-home mom did you work what was your situation um well at first I was a child care teacher work always work with kids and um once we got married I kind of put all of that to the side and we started having kids immediately and I was a stay-at-home mom and raised our kids so I guess let's talk about before leading into marriage. What was your idea? What did you think about marriage? Did you really think about the future and have those type of plans? What what was going on in your mind leading up to once you got engaged? And man, the big day is on the way. Um, I can honestly say I don't know. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. Um, you know, we both were, like I said, young, didn't really have a big idea of what marriage was supposed to be. 
So we kind of just went out on the limb. We just thought, hey, we're boyfriend and girlfriend. It was our first time kind of living together and moving out on our own. So we just thought it was like boyfriend and girlfriend with a ring, but it was completely different from that. Well, what kind of models did what you mean? Was your mom and your dad together? Um, did you were you raised with both parents in the home or was it different for you? I was raised with both parents in the home until later in my teenage years when my parents separated. And he was raised with both parents in the home until, yeah, same, same with him. So they both parents, uh, your parents and his parents at some point ended up not being together. Mm-hmm. So how did, let, let's look at that. At that age, you said you're a daddy's girl. Mm-hmm. So at that point where mom and dad are no longer going to be together and you realize that that's going to happen, how did they break the news to you? How did it, how did that affect you and what did you think about that whole scenario? Um, at first I didn't want my dad to leave, but I can remember and he stuck around for a long time for us. I have um, three other sisters, so he stuck around for us, but I remember Actually, I made the call. Um, it was just a lot of arguing and, and fussing, and I made the call. Um, and I actually told him one day, you know, I just think that it would be best if you were to leave. Wow. You actually approached him and said that? Yes, I did. What was his response? Uh, that's what he was kind of waiting for because he was still there um, because of me and my sisters. So it was kind of like, okay, well, you know, now that I know that you're okay, I know that you guys are going to be okay. I'm still going to be here. Um, And he left. Well, that is incredible because uh, I think that that's something we need to really stop and think about. How many children that are in homes where they are in an environment where they know it's not conducive to peace they can pick up the uh, adversity they can pick up the hurt they can pick up the arguments and that must have had really had a, a tremendous impact on you because you were the one that says hey this is not an atmosphere that I want to be in and so many parents think that if they end up breaking up that it's just really going to be something that's going to damage the kids. And in many ways it may, but it sounds like to me in your case, you were pretty, um, you were well able to make the adjustments. Mm -hmm. I think it's all in how you approach it to the kids and actually talking to the kids and seeing what their feelings are, because sometimes that is the feeling where the kids are like, we, you know, we don't like mommy and daddy fussing. We don't want you guys fuss too much or, you know, and if you actually talk to the kids sometimes and present it to them and sit down and, and let them express their feelings, then that might not be the case. I mean, it may be like I was as a young girl where I was tired of it and just said, you know, I think it would be best for me and my sisters that you were to leave. So it didn't make you feel any way towards your father or your mother. You just, in your heart, felt like this was the best for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
Well, that was a pretty mature <laughs> perspective on it. I, I applaud you for that. How, you know, do you realize or do you remember how it affected your sisters? Were they kind of like you were or did they take it differently? Um, I think they took it differently. Um, I was the big sister, so I kind of filled in where I needed to fill in. So I kind of explained to them, you know, you, you see how mommy and daddy are fussing and they're not getting along and, you know, they just need some time apart. So I kind of made sure and kind of shielded and protected them from the hard reality of what was really going on. Um, so, I mean, I think they did pretty good with it. I mean, he was still around. You know, very um, active in our lives. So, yeah, I think it, it turned out okay. And that's what I think people need to hear. It is not, you know, nobody wants to go through a breakup. Everybody wants the family to stay intact. That's the ultimately the best way for it to be. But when we are human and when things take place, it's good to know that it doesn't have to be devastating. It doesn't have to be so damaging that it creates such a, a bad taste in your mouth mm-hmm. or the feelings of that uh, you're being abandoned or you're not loved. Because from what I'm picking up, you really always felt loved by your mom and your dad. Yep. So their divorce didn't play any role in you feeling inadequate within yourself. No. You didn't take any responsibility for them breaking up? No. Okay, because, I mean, I've heard in many cases the kids feel like they are the reason why the parents are breaking up and if they would have done something different or better, then this wouldn't have happened. Mm -hmm. But you you didn't experience that? No, that wasn't my case because I, I knew firsthand and I saw firsthand what it was kind of it's like a toxic environment so i figured and i kind of knew that if they were separate and not as arguing as much and you know we still got love on both sides it it didn't bother me well i think that there are some people that say wow that they can relate to that i'm quite sure that many young ladies out there may feel a little different. Mm-hmm. Uh, it may have affected them a little different. And we're not here to say everybody um, responds the same to those type of things. But it is clear in your situation that you didn't have any real or sense any real damaging effects from their breakup. Mm-hmm. So going into a young lady um, just fresh out of high school for the most part, looking at life and your future and now you're engaged in the relationship and you're thinking about getting married. Did you remember or think about or consider that this could ever be a possibility in your own relationship or did it never cross your mind? It never crossed my mind. So it was far, far as you were concerned, it was going to last forever. Forever. Um, and even in spite of the fact that your parents um, were divorced as your in your teen years, it never crossed your mind that the same thing could happen to you. No, I don't know. It never. No, it didn't. Wow. So you you are saying that you start having children right away. Evidently, you love kids. Um, uh-huh. From what I understand, you've been working with kids 
uh, outside of your own for some time now. So um, you start having the kids, what, a year after? Mm, a year after we got married. Okay. And how was those first five or six years um, having the children and being a mother and a new mother and having all these little um, wonderful gifts running around? Um, it was very challenging because, you know, he was also military. So with even with that, it was my first place um, outside of my hometown. Um, I went through the pregnancy, Navy, military, so he was always gone. So I went through the pregnancy by myself in a new place. Um, even when I had my oldest son, my first son, I was alone by myself. Um, and it was just kind of me and him. And it wasn't until three years later where I had my second son. So um, it was very challenging, even more challenging, being a military spouse and a military mom. Yeah, that must be really tough. Um, you're you're married. You're you're in a relationship. It takes two, and yet because of his responsibilities um, with service, you had to kind of wrap your mind around. How did you get your mind wrapped around? Hey, I'm having these babies, and now I'm here doing it all by myself. Did you have any support system? Uh, no, I didn't. Not when I first. When I first started having kids, I did, and it was just me. Um, but, you know, one thing that I kind of remember was the relationship that um, I had with my father. That was that was big. I mean, my mom was there, but my mom, she worked a lot, like 12 hours. And um, so the relationship that I had with my father was something that um, I was determined to have with my kids, too. So that really played a big role in how hands-on I was with my kids, um, you know, and how I just wanted to give them a, a good life. Wow. That, well, I mean, that says something. I mean, in terms of you being a daddy's girl and you experiencing that rich relationship between a parent and their child, mm -hmm. you wanted to give back the same that you receive from them so you're moving away from home. You're there. Uh, I can kind of relate because my father was a merchant marine. Mm. And back in the day, merchant marines, they traveled. They weren't Navy, but they were on ships, cargo ships, and going all around the world delivering freight to different countries and all of that. And my mom talked about a lot about how when I was born, he was gone like, six months at a time and when he came home he was kind of fighting because i was getting all the attention mm -hmm. because i had been there and he wasn't did you experience that oh yeah yeah <laughs> definitely and i have three sons i have three boys so every time he left and he came back it was they would squeeze between us they wouldn't want him to be near me they just wanted all of my attention and then at the same time he wanted all of my attention because he wasn't there so it was definitely something <laughs> i remember my mom told me one time my dad came home and my little brother said who is that man because he had <laughs> he he didn't recognize him because he didn't know him because mm -hmm. he he left when my my brother was um 
conceived mm-hmm. after my brother was conceived. He had no clue who this stranger was. My youngest was like that, the same way. Really? Mm-hmm. Um, I had him. Um, he left when he was six months. And by the time he came back, he was one. So he was walking and everything. He had did like a 10-month deployment. He was gone. And uh, when he came back, my son was just like, um, who are you? Don't touch my mama. <laughs> like, it was wow. so definitely. Did you, I mean, did you feel any kind of way by being put in a position? Or is that just something you just accepted? I've chosen to be with somebody in the military, and this is what goes along with it. So let me just suck it up and do what I got to do. Yeah, it was another uh, another um, example of not knowing what I was getting myself into. I didn't know what it would mean to be a military wife. Um, I just knew that, you know, that was my husband at the time, and I was going to support him in whatever he decided to do. Um, so I did not know all of the time away, all of the infancy like all of the births he made it for the births but all of the infant years with all three of my kids he he missed all of that with each one of them so I didn't know um that all of that would come with it well did the travel and the distance do you feel like that made a contribution to how uh, the marriage began to deteriorate. Do you think that played any part in it? Or what do you see as some of the core reasons why things started to fall apart for you? Uh, I think the biggest thing was um, me and my independence. Because with being a military spouse and, and my spouse being away all the time, um, it was a lot of me, and I took on the role and responsibility of the caregiver of the kids, caregiver of home. Um, I always had a rule, both parents can't be gone at one time, because if one is always gone, then the other one has to be there, and that was me. Um, so just having to, one of the biggest struggles for me was having to give up my independence and really to kind of completely depend and rely on him as far as, you know, financial support and, and everything else. Um, I think that was the biggest struggle. And then once I decided I wanted my independence and I kind of wanted to start moving towards doing something for myself, um, I think that played a big role in things starting to go bad. So – now, when you say that, because you pretty much had your independence the whole time mm-hmm. because he was kind of absentee, not because he wanted to, but because he was in the military. So did you do you think you developed that sense of independence through that process or were you already like that? I'm, you know, independent. I can take care of myself. I can do what I need to do. Well, I was like that before. Um, before, when I say independence, it's not, I'm not talking about like just being by myself. I'm talking about, um, like reaching a goal for myself. Like one of the things I did was, um, went to school and I started a fitness business. And when I started doing that, it was more focused on me and what I was trying to do when the whole household was used to me being mom and wife and doing everything for the house that every like my whole 
world was around my husband supporting his military career and my kids and supporting everything they do sports and everything so that's what i mean about being independent not as far as like being alone so now so with that said when he did he retire or did he just get out early no he's still in he's still in Mm -hmm. okay so he's still in so when did it get to the point where you knew okay this is about it. This is the last straw. I can't do this anymore. And how did that come about, if you don't mind sharing it? Um, I would really say, for me, when my business really started to kind of pick up, um, and I, I would have to say that's when it really started to go south. Because, like I said, I wasn't, my main focus wasn't on him and his career anymore. Okay. So it was more of actually me. Like I actually started to find something that I liked and enjoyed, which was fitness. Um, And I started focusing on that and really going in with the business. And once I started doing that, it just kind of, it was like he wasn't getting as much attention as he was before, and right. then it just kind of, from there, it just really started going down. <laughs> well, I think another thing that people need to think about when you get married that young, you really don't know who you are, mm-hmm. and you're still evolving, and years later, when you start coming into your own identity, who you are, and you start really uh, experiencing that need to have a sense of self-identity, it can drive people further apart Mm -hmm. than it can push them together Mm -hmm. so what was the final straw what what made you say or who said it and at what point did you say okay this is it um when he went to seek the attention from someone else okay that was it so now how do you see that in terms of Okay, I really hear you saying to me, I accept responsibility because I realized that I started to get more into my role, what I want my vision for my own life, and that created a little, if I'm right, a gap or a little hole in terms of the connection that was there because you were always there 100% to support his career. But then when you started to do your independent thing, it kind of created a gap. And do you, I think you accepting that end of the responsibility is is something that is commendable. Um, So at that point you said, I'm out. How did that, feel or what did you deal with when you finally realized it's over and it's time for me to move on how did that affect you emotionally or you know mentally um it was it played a big role in just definitely went through depression um definitely because you know it was all I knew right um, from that was it. Like, like I said, we grew up together. We all of this stuff. This was what I knew. So, when that was gone, it was 
it, it, it was very like emotionally just draining, stressful, just went through all the emotions. And then it was even more difficult to deal with because I also have three kids that's going through this um, with me. And at that time, that is when I do kind of go back to what happened with me and, and my father and how I asked him, you know, um, to leave. So I, re I do remember, you know, the feeling of that. So when I, you know, spoke to my kids and, and I just knew what they were going through, I knew it affected him them also. And that was also on my back. So I kind of took the blame, even though it wasn't mine. You know, I kind of took the blame and kind of, um, yeah, I just went through a deep depression. You got down on yourself and yeah, definitely. you felt like a failure? Or definitely. Just completely forgot who I was altogether. Wow. So did that affect your business? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So did your business kind of fall apart or did you try to keep it keep it going? Um, I try to keep it going because um, what my business it's a fitness business, but it's really about motivating other women um, and just about expanding life, just about, you know, keeping, staying healthy and, and taking care of yourself mentally, emotionally, physically. Um, so I really used my business. I really dived in harder, actually, once it, it went down a little bit and then I kind of just dived into it and, and that was my focus. Um, for a while, I tried to stay focused on it for as much as I could to keep my mind off of the reality of what was going on in my life. Um, and it really helped because the women in in my, my group, my clients, and they really kind of motivated me and uplifted me when I needed it. So it, it helped me out in the end. Let me ask you something. Did you ever go to counseling for the issues that you dealt with as it relates to your divorce? Yes, I'm, I'm in therapy now. Great. <laughs> How long have you been in? Um, About a month. Now, this is what I want people to hear because you, you, you have such a clarity about understanding mm -hmm. um, what took place, where it went wrong, your part in it in terms of how, you know, you contributed to the breakup. And you talk about it with such clarity, and it speaks to the fact that you have been dealing with it, and I want to applaud you for taking the time to do some self-reflection uh, and introspection. Thank you. That's awesome. Thank you. And I think that that's another thing that our listening audience needs to understand. There's no problem, especially for African Americans, when we need help or we want to be better, and we want to fix some things that went wrong, whether it was our fault or not, that we seek out some support and help to get that done. Yeah, definitely. I would definitely advise to talk to someone, um, get the help that you need. Yeah, that's that's an important part of the process, the healing process. If you could do it differently, what is something you would have done differently, or are there any regrets or what do you feel like the aftermath um, of this situation, divorcing and the children and all has created for you? Um, I think the biggest impact was definitely on my children because I have all boys. 
um, and the relationship with their father, um, I, I think that's the biggest impact that really just bothers me. Have, have the, do they still have a good relationship? Mm, somewhat. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, I guess I can see how that would really be of concern to you. But one of the things that um, I want to talk about real quick is how do you recreate create after all of that? And after, how long have you been divorced? A year. Okay. How do you get back up and move on? Help somebody understand what you're doing. I see the counseling as part of that. Mm-hmm. For somebody out there to saying, uh, like you, I gave my all, then I started trying to learn about myself and grow. And when I began to grow, instead of growing together, we grew apart. Mm-hmm. And now I'm by myself. What would you say to them? And what are you doing to to move on with life, to have the kind of life that you want to have? Um, the first thing I would say is definitely your support system. Um, you know, at the time I was in, in San Diego, California, away from all of my family. I had no friends. I had nobody. So I was trying to kind of deal with this on my own. And then once we moved closer uh, to North Carolina, my my family was able to help me and, and just support me and just be there for me um, when I needed them. And then I would say counseling or therapy. Definitely have someone to talk to um, that you can, you know, that can really help you put those emotions in place and figure out how to deal with it and how to move on. Um, My biggest motivation is my children. I really just wanted them to, after our um, divorce, our separation, um, my oldest, he was a straight-A student, and he went from... That on top of we were in the middle of COVID, moved to a new place, no friends. Everything they had known was completely stripped of them. So it was gone. Wow. Um. So, you know, he went from a straight A student to a straight F student, straight Fs. And he'd always been a straight A student. So it was really, I put my focus on my children more than anything and really use them as my motivation. I wanted them to get back to normal life, trying to make everything normal for them. Um, They're a big, big motivation for me. Um, What about your business? Are you going to continue to pursue your business? Oh yeah, I'm definitely, I'm, I'm, I'm still doing my business. Um, My business is doing very well, uh, very good. Um, So yeah, I just kind of still, took that focus on me and the things and I started doing more stuff that I like to do that I developed during the years. I like to travel. I like to dance. I like it's just certain stuff that I like to do. And I started really focusing on stuff that, you know, that makes me happy and it keeps me happy. So that is wonderful. Now, real quick, and I know you may not like this question, but uh do you ever see um you doing it again down the road no well you heard it right here <laughs> <laughs> this is it huh yeah no i don't wanna no 
Well, let's talk about it for a minute because there are so many people out there that may or may not be able to relate to you. But I wanted to have this conversation because I wanted people to understand that divorce is not the end of life. And you have the capacity to pick up the pieces, move forward, and live life to its fullness. Uh, it's a process, but you can do it. And you are a testimony to the fact that it can be done, and you're well on your way to picking up the pieces, moving forward with your vision, with your life, being happy. You're, you're not you're, you're in therapy or in counseling. Mm-hmm. You're working this thing out, and I want to encourage so many people, get in there and work it out. Do the work because guess what? All of us are human, and all of us have issues and mistakes that we make that contribute to the breakup. And I tell people all the time, two great people can get in a relationship, and it's still not work Mm -hmm. because they're not great for each other. Mm -hmm. And so you cannot sit there and beat yourself to death and go into this dark place and stay there. You might visit, but don't stay there mm-hmm. because it's not anything outside of the fact that we are human. We make mistakes. And I also want to encourage so many people, and I don't know what you think about this, but you can chime in. Be careful not to jump into marriage too early. Mm. Give yourself a chance to grow and to mature and to really get a clue of your identity, who you are, and really what you want, and make sure that other person fits you and you fit them. What what do you say about that? I absolutely 100% agree on that. So, so many times we naively get into stuff and thinking, well, we in love, this will never happen, but... We don't even realize that we are growing. We're still in the growing phase. This person is in the growing phase. And then you had a disadvantage of not even spending quality time a lot of the times with this new husband you had. Mm-hmm. So there was an issue where there might not have been the opportunity to bond and to connect on a deeper level. Yeah, I agree with that. So number one. Be clear about the fact that before you get into this thing called marriage, that you take the time and find out about who you are. Make sure you are at a place of maturity where you understand the downside of marriage, the sacrifices that go into marriage. Number three, if you're going through it, you're going through a divorce, get the counseling you need, and then begin to rebuild and refocus on the life that you want because there's nothing you go through that a vision can't solve. Mm-hmm. And I think that the, one of the great things in talking to you uh, today, which is really encouraging, you are helping us to see that if you have a passion, if you have a vision, if you feel like you got something that is a calling for your life, even though it does not take away the pain of going through a tragic divorce or separation, it is that thing that you can reach back out and grab and help you to move forward with life. Mm-hmm. I agree. So what do you see in the days ahead as far as your business? And what would you say to young ladies out there that may 
be in marriages where they're married into the military, they're married into situations, they got married young, um, they may have been a product of a family that has been divorced. What are the things that you would say or key things you would say to them today to help them to be encouraged that they can make it? Um, the first thing I would say is make sure that you do continue to have something for yourself. Um, you know, we, as women, once we become the caregiver and, and we're the um, stay-at-home mom, that's it. That That's our focus. That's our job. That's that's what we are. We're the, we're the stay-at-home wife. We're the stay-at-home mom. Um, but make sure you have something for yourself, whether it's a hobby, something that you like to do, um, crafts, whatever, anything, fitness, workouts, um, anything. Make sure that you keep something um, for yourself and do something for yourself. Keep a piece of yourself. Um, and then I would definitely say um, just don't forget who you are. That's just don't forget who you are. Great information. Listen, this has been a great conversation. I am so thankful uh, that you decided to come on and share a part of your life with us today. And I know that there are a lot of people who are listening to you, your strength, your clarity, the fact that you are with been go going through this with three children and you're still moving, you're still doing well, you're still making moves and being a big ball of shot caller. So <laughs> it's an, it's an awesome. So I just want to say again, thank you um, for being a part. Thank you to all of you that are listening today. And I hope that this conversation has encouraged you and been a real blessing. Thanks again, Tammy. Oh, you're welcome. It was nice. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for joining us today for this conversation. Let us know how you benefited from today's episode. You can follow me at Hawkins Solutions on Facebook, Instagram, HawkinsSolutions.com. We're grateful for this platform, the Alive Podcast Network, Music by Audio Vibes. Be sure to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. We hope you've benefited from this show. Remember, you have the ability to change the trajectory of your life through transformational thinking. Come on, go out, make today a great day. Next time.